WHOV 88.1 FM welcomes you to the pastor's study. The pastor's study in any church is a place where the pastor can go to collect his thoughts, study God's word, and develop ideas and thoughts on what direction the church needs to take. The pastor's study is where research is done on various topics. Missions are brought to the forefront and salvation is formed. The pastor's study on WHOV is a talk show that allows you, the listener, to come inside and to find out more about the ministers in the area and the good works they are doing across the region, the nation, and the world. Hosted by Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in Newport News, the pastor study is now open to the public. So come on in and find out what plans God has for his shepherds and his people. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear you, let me hear you. Put your hands together like this. Come on. When God made man, He made a spirit. It was His plan that we live blessed. The tempter came, we were distracted. The tempter came, and we fell. We were deemed to live a life that's beautiful, a life that's full, a life that's it is my goal to remind you of this principle. You repeat a new one. Pastor Ray. Let's get back to eating, live on top of the world. That's what we try to eat again. Let's get back to eating. <laughs> My praise and worship people are hollering right now at the top of their lungs. <laughs> Welcome to the Pastor Study on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church in studio with Pastor Ray Johnson, Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. Pastor Johnson, how you doing today, man? Feel real good today, sir. Feel real good today. It's good to see you again, man, and uh, had a good weekend and uh, want to congratulate you on a successful uh, symposium that you had over the weekend. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of it. Uh, had a wonderful time uh, with it. And uh, for those who weren't there, kind of talk to them about what they missed. Well, the Peninsula Family Symposium uh, went very, very well. We had tremendous panels with tremendous speakers. Uh, this year, we thought to focus on uh, fi faith, finance, and fitness and really focus on a vision for the family. And so every year, we try to do something that is practical uh, and, and really dealing with how to live this Christian life and this walk Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, if you will. We're not where we're not so much focused on Sunday morning where we're so heavenly minded where we're no earthly good. So the symposium went very, very well. We talked about nutrition. We talked about finances, estate planning. We talked about uh, how to be able to budget your money, fixing your credit report up, uh, how to be able to exercise regularly and really focusing on how to be able to change your diet, too, as well. So we had great discussion and then a wonderful discussion with uh, several pastors from around the region. Uh, you were included in that discussion. And, and I tell you, my church is still a buzz off of hearing the preachers really talk real talk instead of preacher talk. 
Well, you know, that's why I was I was glad that the yeah. questions that were raised, we could have legitimate conversation, not just uh, the God bless you's and all those things, but you can yeah. really talk candidly, as we do on this show. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you're listening for the first time, this show is designed to talk candidly, as already been mentioned, uh, about relevant issues in our community. And today we're going to talk real candid real about, candid. about a number of things uh, that are going on in our community. And so um, that's what we do. We just talk about it. And uh, after, after we talk about it, we invite you all to come in and share your views. And so it's a call-in show, and uh, we just like to have a good time and be honest about what we see and feel. We we tend to come from behind the pastor role. Oh yeah, and just talk about how but the robe are. comes off, yeah, so you, to speak. You just got to tell it like it is. And so, <laughs> and so again, um, we thank you for taking time to listen to the show. We're going to jump right in. Uh, we're very excited uh, because over the weekend on the panel discussion, uh, there were a couple of questions that were raised about integrity, mm -hmm. uh, about uh, particularly sexual integrity mm -hmm. uh, as it pertains to pastors and leaders uh, within ministries. And uh, one of the comments that was raised was raised by a co-pastor, uh, and uh, she basically said that the church as a whole uh, doesn't do sex well. Absolutely. And so uh, we wanted, you know, both of us said, hmm, that might be something interesting to talk about mm -hmm. on the air. And so we have with us uh, uh, co-pastor Tracy Powers of West Haven Baptist Church in Portsmouth where uh, she and Dr. Bruce Powers uh, co-pastor that congregation and uh, she is with us this afternoon. Uh, Pastor Powers, first of all, hello and thank you for being on the air with us. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, we appreciate you coming on and um, as we already said, that statement was the statement that you raised uh, at the uh, symposium over the weekend that the church doesn't do sex well. And yes. so um, for those who weren't there, kind of take us through your thought process as you were saying that. What did you really mean by that, that statement about the church not doing sex well? Well, I think when we look at the issue of sex, it's kind of the taboo topic that we don't really talk about at church. And if we do talk about it at church, it's hush-hush. Or we teach that it's bad, it's bad, it's bad, say no, say no, say no. And when you get married, everything's fine which is true. I, I totally believe that God gives us boundaries for sex, and he, he intends for sex to be between a man and a woman who are married to each other. And clear boundaries are good. But I think in the way we have approached the sexual drive and the way we have approached people who have fallen sexually, in general, the church just doesn't do sex well. We don't know how to talk about it in positives. We don't know how to talk about it from a biblical perspective that mm. shows the goodness that God intended from the sexual relationship. And so instead, we usually look at sexual sin as a whole, and we harp on that and we preach on that, and people get really riled up about that. And heaven forbid if someone in the flock struggles sexually. Mm. We don't do it well. We don't know how to handle that. We kind of take that sin out of the umbrella of God's grace. You know, all the other ones God can cover, but this one, oh, you've just crossed the line now. And I think the issue of sexuality in the church has isolated more people and has given people a very unhealthy view of what God meant to be a very holy thing between a man and a woman who were married to each other. You know, it is that one thing that Adam said, you know, this is why a man would leave his mother and father and become one. And God meant that in creation and said, this is good. And somehow we don't teach that very well. 
We're talking with uh, co-pastor Tracy Powers of West Haven Baptist Church in Portsmouth, uh, where Dr. Bruce Powers and herself, they co-pastor the church. And, uh, you know, you raised some very interesting points, uh, Pastor Powers, one of which is um, how we deal with sex period in the church. But the other issue is the whole notion of sexuality and, and the two don't go together necessarily. They're, they're two completely different issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're talking about sex, not sexuality, you're suggesting that the church can do a better job of just teaching and preaching and training our young people and adults as well on how God designed for sex to be. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. You know, and, and when I'm saying the word sexuality, I am, I am saying it in the context of someone with heterosexual feelings, that might not be married. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the sexual drive is part of the physical drive that God made in us. It's not a bad thing. But how we help people handle that and make sense of that, I think we don't do well because we usually take this don't, just don't talk about it approach, mm. or we just preach about how bad it is. And so um, I think the church has a clear message that needs to be said, that sex was something God created that was meant to be good. I mean, it was meant not only for bringing a couple to become one flesh, you know, kind of creating an intimacy that you share with no other person, um, but it was also meant to create life. And what can be more holy than creating life? But so often when we try and talk about it in church because we're not comfortable with it, we just send this very negative, uncomfortable message that tells people this isn't some place that you should come talk about this. But the truth is, it's being talked about everywhere else. Mm, it really the, is. Yeah, the world has a clear message about sex. But the church's message is very different from the world's, and it's like our voice is not being heard. And I think it's time for the church to stand up and say, we have a clear message on what God intended for the sexual relationship. And when we keep it within the boundaries that God intended, it is good. And we can be happy and whole and have peace in that area of our life instead of all these guilty feelings because somehow along the way the church kept saying it was bad. And if you have these feelings, they're bad. Suppress, suppress, suppress. Mm -hmm. Instead of let's just keep them in the boundaries God has given us. Very good. We're almost out of time, uh, Pastor Powers, and you've given us some wonderful insight and a platform for our discussion today. And one final question I want to raise with you is you mentioned that uh, you're talking about singles, Mm -hmm. uh, but I would dare say that even those who are married struggle to some degree with certain sexual issues, certain views, the way people look at folks, uh, you know, lust and how all of that plays a part in it. And so, you know, I would say that, you know, this issue is not just for the young single people. Absolutely. And I think that is another area the the church doesn't do well. Um, You know, when a couple becomes married... You know, there can be issues that arise if there's unfaithfulness, mm-hmm. um, if there's an affair, if there's attraction to someone else. And instead of the church being the first place someone would feel like they could go to say, look, I am really struggling and I need help, it's kind of the last place we go because there can be such a sense of judgment. And I think, um, you know, if people are struggling with these feelings even when they're married, you know, they really need to get with somebody that is trained and can really help them process what's going on because oftentimes it really doesn't have anything to do with sex even though that's where it's coming out 
It has to do with something inside of them mm. that they need to get a handle on. And so a lot of times people focus on the behavior. There's a, a sexual behavior, but that's just, you know, symptomatic of something deeper. And until they unpack that, they're going to find themselves in the same situation over and over and over. And the church needs to be the one place, especially if someone's struggling in that area, they can come and say, I need help because I know this is not what God intended. But as we find all too often, the church becomes the last place. Very good. Uh, Pastor, thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, you've really helped us to uh, have a springboard for this conversation. And uh, maybe sometime down the line, we can bring you back on and have a follow-up with this very discussion. Great. All right. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. That was Pastor Powers. Tracy Powers, co-pastor of West Haven Baptist Church in Portsmouth, where she and her husband, Dr. Bruce Bowers, they co-pastor that congregation. And and Pastor Johnson, the reason why we're bringing this issue up is because over the past uh, three weeks, we mm-hmm. have raised the conversation about the black family uh, in society today, where we talked about the fact that uh, African-American child uh, living in a two-parent household is more likely to have lived in a two-parent household during slavery than during the present time, that African-Americans are the least likely to marry African-American women. Uh, 48% of mm. African-American women will, will, never. Not, will never get married. We'll never get married. But we're still having kids. Um, and, you know, out-of-wedlock births mm-hmm. uh, are high within our uh, community. So, mm-hmm. so the question becomes, if these things are happening, uh, if we if the community is marrying less, if we're still having more children out of wedlock, mm-hmm. if our children are being raised more in environments without a two parent household, then we have to raise the question: You know, it, are we are we doing justice or an injustice in not talking about sex from the pulpit? Absolutely, Pastor Swan, we are doing an absolute injustice and in not and not being not communicating God's perspective and his plan uh, for marriage and we raise a, a, an even deeper question and that is to say is marriage really about sex and 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 what is really marriage about and I'll be the first to tell you that uh, sex is a byproduct of the love and expression that is that's within marriage but it marriage, should be it should be I it guess should we be. should say it should be. Uh, but culturally in the society that we live in today uh, we are just so sex driven and sex crazed because we're not teaching and training people that this is desire that you have is a God-given natural desire that God gives human beings to express themselves in an attraction to another person uh, and connecting with them within the confines and the context of the covenant of marriage. And so it's all right to feel the way you feel. Just do it God's way. And, and we know that sex covers a whole myriad. A of whole issues. myriad, yeah. But we want to open up the phone lines now, 727-5711, 727-5711. And here, here's the question. Do, yeah. uh, the question for today is, is the church doing enough to talk about sex from a biblical standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, as Pastor Powers mentioned, is the church more condemning people uh, when they fall in sexual sins? Mm-hmm. Uh, or should we have a different approach? Um, I, I, want, I want some parents to call in because yeah. specifically if your pastor were to get up on a Sunday morning and talk about, okay, for this particular series, we're going to talk about the birds and the bees. Well, that's good. Would, would you as a parent feel comfortable with your son or daughter listening to the pastor talk about sex from a biblical standpoint. Uh, we definitely want to hear from you, 727-5711. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. 
Uh, and when we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to get your comments and suggestions about this topic for today here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Listen, Eden is kingdom, and Eden mindset is a kingdom mindset. Let me hear ya. Where my Eden citizens at? Where my Eden citizens at? Where you at? Let me see you do your hands like this. Come on, let me hear you, let me hear you. Put your hands together like this. Come on. And we're back on the Pastor Study here on WHOV 88.1 FM. Pastor Raymond Johnson, Calvary Revival Church Peninsula. Live in studio with myself, Pastor Kevin Swan of Ivy Baptist Church. And we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to our broadcast today. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we're talking about a very sensitive topic. Uh, Over the last three weeks, we've been talking about the African-American community and relationships today. How African-Americans are marrying less how we're still having more children out of wedlock, yeah. how we are cohabitating more, um, how mm. all of these factors are affecting our community. And so the question has to be raised, is the church doing enough talking about healthy, having healthy dialogue yeah. when we're talking about sex? Yeah. Um, should the pastors come from the pulpit and talk candidly about these issues would you as a if you were a member of a church would you object to the pastor standing up and talking about these particular issues we want to hear from you 727-5711-727-5711 we do have a caller on the air caller are you there yes sir good morning good morning uh my name is carlton i'm from norfolk okay carlton and uh, I just wanted to say I'm en- enjoying your topic, and uh, I-, I totally agree with uh, uh, with the previous pastor. I think you said her name was Bowers, I believe. Powers, uh, Powers, 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 yes. Powers, yes. And uh, I, I, she hit the, the the nail right on the head. And me as a as a parent, I wouldn't mind having those subjects uh, talked about from the pulpit if I felt that my child was at the level. Uh, as a parent, that they were ready and mature enough to hear those things. There's obvious precautions that you have to to take with addressing some of those issues because all parents in the body are not going to feel the same way. And I think a, a, a pastor or a minister will have to, you know, prepare or plan for having that type of message talked about in the church so people can, you know, basically, you know, make an action according to however they feel. But I just think across the board, not only just for this subject with African Americans and sexuality, but for a lot of subjects that the church always drops the ball on. And I get upset, and I get, uh, I don't know what the other word, but I would say upset when I listen to nationally syndicated talk shows, African American talk shows that are on in the morning and every evening, and I won't mention their names, but they talk about subjects all the time that I feel like the church should be responsible for talking about, Mm -hmm. and they don't. And it makes me upset because I feel that people look at the church in in a different way. They don't look at us as being real people. They look at us as being shallow. They don't look at us as being somebody who can relate to them, and things like that personally bother me. And so I think across the board, even outside of African-American, by any culture, there are a lot of issues that we need to address 
that we don't address. And like you say, the world, they talk about them all the time. And people respond. You should hear the response that you get from people saved or unsaved to these worldly, you know, radio shows or talk shows or anything of that nature or, you know, or television shows because these are issues that need to be addressed that I feel the church doesn't address. So I'm enjoying your show, and uh, thank you for your time. All right, thank you for your comments, sir. We appreciate that. Yeah, and it raises the question, uh, Pastor Johnson, if, yeah. if, look, we know, we know mm-hmm. people are having sex. They're having it. Okay, so, Somebody the, doing so something. the question becomes, if we know it, then why aren't we as pastors collectively well now pastor swan talking about this issue from and being aggressive not only talking about it from the pulpit but having perhaps sex education in our youth ministries christian education why aren't we doing these things if we know that these are the problems that are taking place in our community now pastor swan you have just raised a can of worms questions i'm going to make this statement but we're not going to discuss it today on this show we'll have to talk about it another time one of the reasons why the church is not addressing the issue of sexuality or conversations about sex from a biblical standpoint because those who are supposed to be leading in this area are falling prey to some of the same issues that what's going on in the pew. So you oh, can't so really you can't really talk about it from a pure standpoint if you caught in between the sheets yourself. My my my, uh, we gonna leave that alone my, today. My, my. We gonna leave you that alone that. today. You just say that. So so you're <laughs> saying, so you're saying that uh, it can't be preached because oh yeah that person is having some of the similar issues. If Rev got two or three girlfriends in the church, and if Rev got somebody, you know, going on in the church, then how is he going to give a a concrete biblical message if he himself or she herself are having some struggles themselves? And so, now, what that doesn't say is that that doesn't preclude the standard of the Word of God from being established in terms of one man, one woman, covenant relationship. But what it does say is it makes it hard for the congregation to receive a pure biblical message when they know there are some things that are going on themselves. Now, we can't discuss all that today. Yeah, well, let's get to the cause because that, I mean, because again, we're not even talking about sex. We're not even talking sexuality. Yeah. We, we know homosexuality and all that is another yeah. issue. We're not, we, even we're not even, we can't even address that yet. Not yet. The, not the yet. question is, if we know these are the statistics, we why know, aren't we? why aren't we doing a better job of talking about it from the pulpit, from the pulpit. and even the message in the church? We do have another call. Caller, mm-hmm. are you there? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Hi, I'm calling from Virginia Beach. Uh, the comment that you made that the that sex is a byproduct of the what God has given us, I think, is one of the important things that need to be uh, stressed with our our, our young folks. Uh, I have no objection with the pastor getting up and, and saying those types of things in the church because it really needs to be where it's said, other than you know other uh, forms of the media like we hear on the radio. Um, I had an opportunity when I was much younger. I dated uh, two two young ladies who were from broken homes. Uh, there was not a, a living father. And I tell you what, it was a quite a different experience just trying to have a, a decent relationship. So I decided to go and find a, a church girl, because I was raised at the church, who had both parents in the house, and it made a world of a difference mm. on how our relationship was. Mm. And we have been married about to celebrate 20 years this year. And it, I believe it's because of just that biblical foundation that both of us have learned how important marriage is and knowing that there are other rewards uh, by being in a committed relationship with a committed person based on biblical foundation. Thank, Thank you. you, sir, for your time. I appreciate the call. And, Pastor, yes, there is the right way to do it, but the yeah. question becomes, do we really promote those people who are trying oh. to do it 
the, the right, right way. way. Do we really give absolutely or not. do or do or does the church look at them strange as and, and even as the church say you know it's something wrong with you and and even let's go so far as to say well you know we we kind of frown upon homosexual behavior yeah but. For a fornicator to go th- run through run the church. Run through the church. Just running through, that's, sleeping with everybody. That's, uh-huh. that's okay to Male and degree. female. Uh-huh. So, so, the, so the question becomes, do we even, for those who are trying to do it the right way, do yeah. we even give them the support and the encouragement to keep doing what they're doing in the church? Well, I tell you, uh, uh, across the board, across the board and on a continuum, no, we don't. In our society and culture, they like to lift up the idea that, um, you know, people are, are, are falling and people make mistakes. And if you fall down, you can get back up again because the saint is just a sinner and all of that. It makes for a great song, but it's not good theology. One of the things that's clearly important is that we've got to lift up the standard, raise the standard, communicate what can be done. And if you haven't, if you happen to have had a, a few slip ups, that's all right. For now, there's no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And there's a new opportunity, a new church. Pastor Swan, we say it this way at CRCP. We say marriage is sexy. We say that marriage is sacred, that it's enduring that it's exciting, and that it's youthful. And so we're creating this new image that being in a covenant relationship with your spouse, man and woman together, is really a beautiful and a great thing. And it's a sexy thing. It is, when it's done right. When it's done right. And I guess the question is, when you're seeing so many images, yeah. if a child is living in a home and seeing so many different things, yeah. and now you come on Sunday and you hear the one... You know, even if you if you may even hear it on Sunday, because you may not. You may not. Um, you know, certainly we have to do a better job. And so we want to yeah. hear from you. Carla, are you there? Yes, I am. I, um, first and foremost, want to thank all pastors that are uh, tackling this uh, tender subject. It's, um, it's still a subject that uh, a lot of people are not, for whatever reason, comfortable talking about. But God discusses it a lot. And it's a whole lot more than, hey, you can't have any. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's good. So I, um, I want to encourage you pastors to, you know, to, to just get in there and tackle it. But, but, but I think Pastor Johnson nailed it um, a couple minutes ago. Everybody can't do it because of uh, a credibility gap. If mm-hmm. it's known that you have issues in this area and you're a spiritual leader, do the right thing and uh, delegate that task to somebody else. But by all means, please tackle it. Okay. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. <laughs> the question becomes, Pastor, okay, yeah. why aren't we, I mean, seriously, what, how can you say it's taboo in the church man, when you're doing it as soon as you leave? What well, LL say? Doing so it, if, doing it, doing, doing it well. well. <laughs> so, so how can it really be taboo yeah. when it's happening? We know it's happening. Mm-hmm. And the statistics in our community bear it out. So we can talk about it everywhere else. Yes. But we can't talk about it in the church. What? What was? Help it, me to understand. It, it, that. It's almost as if there's a there's there's a fear. Um, there's this atmosphere of a fear that's created uh, if you do try to tackle these tough issues and you do try to create some sort of standard or, or a biblical worldview for how we handle and we deal with these issues there's this fear 
um, that's created from popular culture, from media, uh, from all other kinds of societal influences that says you're trying to shove your religion down my throat kind of thing. And that's really not it at all. What we're trying to do is be able to cause people to live better here on earth before they get to heaven. And, and God's word is for us to live out here every day right now, not for the sweet by and by. So there's a whole, you know, a myriad of issues there. We have an, an all theological perspective about this as well. We've got to learn how to live better now, Monday through Saturday is what really our Christian experience and expression is really all about. Right. And if you're just tuning in, uh, we thank you for taking time to listen to the show. We're talking about a very sensitive subject today, yeah. and that is uh, the question was raised over the weekend, Pastor Johnson's uh, symposium, that the church does not do sex well mm-hmm. in terms of educating congregations, sharing the biblical value instead of demeaning people when they fall right. to certain sexual sins. And so we want to hear from you. Do you agree with that statement? If, mm. you, if you are a parent, you have young children, would you object to the pastor getting up and talking about the birds and the bees from yeah. from the pulpit. And uh, we've gotten various comments. We want to hear from you, 727-5711. We do have another caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, sir. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Good afternoon. Uh, you know, this is a very interesting comment, uh, every interesting commentary. I think that the problem with the church today is, first of all, people don't, adults, Parents really don't want to address this in the church because there's a, a religious, a spiritual overtone. But I truly believe the Bible says for my people perish for a lack of knowledge. With the children, with the young adults, the young teens today, I think there should be conversation going on, even mm-hmm. in small group, some men, some women, some together. But there needs to be spoken to them someone that's been there done that there, yeah, i truly good. believe that god allows us to go through things but when he comes when we come out he brings us out mm-hmm. and we have victory over that thing he sends us back into egypt to bring the captives out these young kids need to be talked to about what goes on and what happens when you don't obey when you don't live when you do have sexual intercourse before you're married the diseases that are out there and how you can cut your life short as as somebody was saying earlier earlier on in the commentary about what god designed the the relationship between man and woman to become one flesh what that is truly about but it really needs to be addressed and it really needs to be spoken to and it doesn't have to be foul language used mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be i mean proper terminologies mm-hmm. you need to hear it clearly okay thank you for the call we appreciate thank the time you. he's absolutely right we can't absolutely even, right you know people shudder when you're talking about male and female anatomy from, yeah from the pulpit but yet and still pastor recently um we did do some of the small groups in our youth uh ministry and we took a survey yeah uh and, and we're talking middle school kids we're yeah. not talking about high school kids come on and the things that came out of the level of activity yeah. in middle school yes so to say, okay, well, we shouldn't talk about it because maybe my child is not ready Uh-oh. to hear that. Uh-oh. That's nonsense. Uh-oh. Because let me tell you, they are being exposed to sexual things at a much, much younger rate yes, than man. we ever have. Yes. And are engaging in sexual activity that they think is okay. Is okay. Yeah. So it may not be intercourse, but 
it may be a lot of other things oh, that yeah. they are engaging themselves in, oh, yeah. and you would be surprised. And so the question becomes, why then, Pastor, if we know in the middle schools, in the high schools, all types of illicit sexual activity is taking place, man, why is the church so quiet? Because, well, let me, let me just talk about this on the, on, from, a, from a parental standpoint. Really, Pastor Swan, parents really don't want to, you know, fathers in particular, I'll just stick with us. We don't want to have to deal with the idea that our sons and daughters are having these thoughts, that little Johnny and little Susie is growing up and, and, and budding a little bit. So we, we want to believe that they're that pure. They are, they're going to be five all their, all their lives. You know, one, I give credit to my wife, only lady from CRCP. She, you know, I'm raising four daughters. She had very real conversations with my oldest two when they were four, five, six years old early on so that now there's, as they're in their preteen years, everybody knows what time it is. And we're not playing these games like you aren't older, you're not getting older and you don't have certain urges and you don't want certain kinds of attention. And so yeah. we help, we have a chance to direct that. So number one, parents have got to become honest with themselves. And also I encourage this, talk to your children about your mishaps, your setbacks, and your failures, like the previous caller mentioned, and how God has brought you out of that to begin to raise the standard. Absolutely. And here's the here's the problem. Yep. If the parents aren't talking about it yeah. in a healthy, in a healthy way, Christian way, mm -hmm. and then you're not hearing it in the church mm -hmm. from a biblical standpoint, mm -hmm. then where else are they going to learn about sex other than what they see on TV, what they listen to on the radio, there you go. what the other kids are talking about in school, and, and so somebody, they're going to form a sexual opinion one way or the other. One way or the other. That, that's the reality. We, we do have another caller on the air. Caller, are you there? We don't. Good afternoon. Go ahead and state your comment, please. How you doing, Reverend Swan? Good. How are you? Pastor Powers. Reverend Swan, this is your friend, good. You know, I said uh, I've said I been listening to the, listen to, the, to, the, to the comments from the other people that were on, and uh, I want to think about what I want to say before I got on. Uh, now, this is by experience for me. Uh, my generation, my, my, my parents' generation, uh, they, they, they wasn't taught about sex during, during their time. So that triggered off to my generation where I wasn't taught anything about sexual experience or anything. And what I learned I learned from experience, so that entailed entailed me not knowing anything about sex or anything. I couldn't sit my kids down and explain to them because I didn't know. You know, you you hear about the you hear about the term or it takes a village to raise a family. Or uh, this generation, you don't hear much about that anymore. Uh, the the reason this probably is not. Is, is condoned in church that the majority of the older generation, no, they don't want to hear this. And once they hear it, they don't want the other congregation to know that their children are having sex. And it tends to create a problem when pastors come to the pulpit and speak on sex. I guess I'm saying this right. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm getting my point. Yeah, we... we, we Yes, yes, we do have your point, and uh, because we do have some other callers, I want to uh, stop you here and thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I think I can pick up uh, where you left off. Basically, what he's saying is, look, yeah. you know, my parents weren't educated, and, and, and they weren't taught. Mm -hmm. So that was passed down to me, mm -hmm. which uh. then has been passed down 
to the next generation. Yeah, the, what, what becomes problematic, Pastor Swan, is, is uh, uh, first of all, let's honor the caller for being that transparent. Yes, and thank you for, for thank sharing you because that. that really is the that really is the crux of the issue. But now, when he doesn't is not able to train the next generation, we have a terrible influence now today in media and music that is that is stepping in quickly and forming an opinion for his child to determine what sex is about and what it's not. So we, we've got to really jump in there um, and quickly re-educate the previous generations and the ones that are coming behind us so that we can all turn this tide around in terms of the statistics that are out there right now. So, I mean, for him to say is, is the perfect comment. For him to say Absolutely. my parents weren't taught, I wasn't taught, that suggests mm-hmm. that there's an indictment on the church. You, you talk about it. Because... If you weren't taught in your home, you should have been, been taught, taught in at, church. At least at church. Or, or at least exposed and talked about yeah. why your body is sacred. Yeah. Why it is a temple for the Spirit of God to dwell. Yeah. Why God said to wait because um, there are other factors that are in play. Yeah. So you can develop better patterns of communication. That's good. So that when you get married, if sex were not to be there. If you go through the drought experience, as I call it, yeah. you still have other ways to stay connected to your spouse Come on. without it being heavily dependent upon Come on. sex. And so God has ways of doing things. And, and, and because we don't talk about these things, now you have, as the caller said, you want to talk about generational curse. Oh, my. It's not always the, the demons. It's, it's ignorance yeah. that has been passed on yeah. from one generation to the next. And we see it. On full display. And, it's, and then all of a sudden get scared about it and act like it's not happening and act like it's not going on. And then you you have this this pressure that we cave to from popular culture that has gone beyond postmodern to almost post-Christian, Pastor Swan. And that's really trying to educate the next generation to desensitize and devalue um, the sacredness of sex that God is meant to be and as he's created it between one man and one woman. And it's important for us to, 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 say, to share that and to say that consistently and constantly and create models and images for people to look to uh, so that they can walk out God's design. And, and that's, that's the greater challenge. And certainly we want to hear from you, 727-5711 on this, on this sensitive topic. What, what is uh, the cause, the, the Pastor Powers basically said that the church as a whole does not do sex well. Well, um, we don't handle sex. We don't talk about sex appropriately in the right context uh, as it relates to marriage, mm-hmm. as it relates to relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we should be able to give an answer. We, you know, people hear that you shouldn't do it. But why? But are we telling them why? Yeah. Yeah. Are we giving them enough concrete information yeah. to say? Because the world is telling them. You should be. Mm-hmm. So if they come to church and they hear you shouldn't, well, why? Yeah. yeah well, you know, and if we're saying just because, <laughs> that's not gonna, <laughs> that ain't gonna get it. That's not gonna make it happen. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, it's already pastors listening to me. Listen, Rev, Rev, Doctor, hear me. It's happening in your church it's right now, Rev. It's happening in your church right now, and you've got to take time. Organize the deacons, organize the auxiliary committees, organize the trustees, create forums at your church where the discussion can happen and take place, lift up the standard, and also, Rev, listen to me. Transparency is critically important. Talk about what happens when you don't do it God's way and what you learn, and then also put some folk up there that talk about, listen, 
I'm doing it God's way. Here's how I feel about it. Here's how here's what's 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 exciting about it. You know, Pastor Swan, uh, we had one of our panelists who's who's getting married uh, uh, that was at the uh, symposium this past weekend in his mid 30s. Uh, you know, professor teaching, doing well, uh, you know, 34, 35 year old African-American male virgin. Uh, that creates a standard for young African-American men to say, listen, I've grown up in this current culture today and survived and I'm walking into my union pew. It should be. That's what we should be looking at. Yes, sir. But now let me give you another example. Go ahead. Um, back in the NBA, back in the 90s, there was, oh, no, there was a player go. named A.C. Green. Uh-oh. A.C. Green played with the Lakers. He played with the Phoenix Suns and some other teams. Yeah. And uh, very good athlete, very good player. Mm-hmm. He he was a virgin mm-hmm. throughout. His teammates ridiculed him yeah. um, because, you know, of the lifestyle of the NBA and the access to women, all these kinds of things. He yeah. said, I want to remain pure. There were people in the church. Oh, man. That ain't real. That, that question, A.C. <laughs> Green. I find that hard to believe. He make all that money and traveling around from city to city. So so the question becomes, when you hear stories like the gentleman on the panel and A.C. Yeah. Green, yeah. the church ought to be Celebrate. promoting Man. and exactly applauding yeah. these people. But instead, we, we, we look at them with a bit of skepticism and say, no, nah, well, that, nah, that can't happen. Well, the devil go to church, too. I'm going to leave that alone. Lord have mercy. <laughs> we do have another caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Yes, um, I wanted to say that um, this is an awesome um, topic. Um, I believe that whatever we keep in the darkness, we will never be able to overcome. We will never be able to have the victory over. And sex has always been a topic that a lot of people feel uncomfortable to talk about and so forth. But it's really, it's been kept in the dark. And we, by keeping it in the dark, it's not helping. So, yes, the church needs to talk about it more. Leaders in the church, even if you don't actually talk about it at the pulpit, there there are other ways that you can bring the congregation in and talk about different things. Leadership in in the church ought to be addressing it amongst themselves in the church because it's something that if you don't talk about it, you will never get the victory over. And it needs to be talked about in the church as a whole, the body of Christ. We need to wake up to what's really going on because what's getting ready to happen in the world today, um, we're not going to like a lot of things that we're getting ready to see, but we're going to have to deal with it. And we're going to have to deal with it by talking about it, by um, releasing God's word over it, and by walking God's word, you know, in it. And I definitely believe that holiness, you know, we will not be able to get the kind of holiness. And when I say holiness, I'm not talking about a tradition. I'm talking about holiness as uh, a relationship with the Lord, your heart being pure, standard, being able, you know, um, um, women, being able to wait on that man. You know, don't go out there looking for him. Wait on him. God said that a man, when he finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Wait on that husband. Don't, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't make the process, you know, don't accelerate the process by you putting your hands in it. And, you know, a pure heart, you know, the Bible said only the pure heart will see God. Well, let me let me ask you this very quickly. Um, yes. Are you a parent? Yes, I am, but my babies are, you know, I have babies, though. Okay, so when they get old enough, let's say they are six or seven, for example, um, would you have a problem with your pastor? I'm assuming you go to church. Would you have a problem with, on a Sunday morning, your children, six and seven years old, the pastor gets up and says, okay, today 
we're going to talk about the birds and the bees from a biblical standpoint. Would you take your children out? Would you let them listen? How would you handle that? The way I would handle that situation is I do believe that pastoral um, pastors ought to find creative ways to do things. Now, I don't believe that the same, that the audience should be the same. Now, the way that he will talk to us as adults, should be a different way that he can minister to the children. That's why I do believe that children's ministry is effective. Mm-hmm. There should be a, a effective way of communicating what you need to, you know, what need to be said. Because definitely I will not um, object it. No, I will agree with it. But I do, I, I will also agree with a creative way of doing it. Take the children in a creative setting and let someone that's experienced with children, experienced in children's ministry, be able to minister that to the children without them having all, you know, without them being horrified or anything. You know, there's this creative way. Okay. That, uh, God is a creative God. We need to find creative way to minister the Word of God to adults and children. Okay. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the time. All right. Thank you. And, and I just want to encourage a pastor because, uh, yeah. Pastor Johnson, uh, two years ago, I did do a series mm-hmm. called Sex in the City. Yes, sir. And I told the congregation beforehand, I'm going to do this series, and there were some eyebrows that were raised. Yeah. But after every sermon, go ahead. You would not believe how many people came up to me, young and old, saying thank you. Said thank you. Uh huh. I really appreciate things like masturbation. Yes, sir. You got to talk about it. They people had no idea what God's view is on certain things until you're brave enough, bold enough, willing enough, and by faith enough, willing to share these topics. And I will tell you that of all the series that we have uh, had since I've been past there, mm-hmm. the number one selling series has been Sex in the City. Look at that right there. So it tells you, while people may you know get tense because it's uncomfortable discussing, it depends on how you present the information. Mm-hmm. And if you're presenting it from a clear, logical, biblical standpoint, people will receive it because, trust me, people need to hear the truth about God's view on sex. Well, I'm going to tell you, Pastor Swan, I agree with the caller to the point of we've got to find creative ways to be able to minister, and and we've got to do things tastefully. I agree. However, at the same time, uh, just uh, just yesterday, my wife and I, we were watching CNN. There's a billboard out in New York City uh, in regards to the selling of uh, a brand name pair of jeans, and the, the young lady is 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 on her knees in a in a in a bended position, pulling down the pants of the young man uh, that are at, that the jeans are being advertised, and you can clearly see her face. And then the comment to the CNN commentator is, a mother was asked by her child, "Mommy, why is she pulling that young man's pants? Why is she pulling her his pants down?" And so now. And, of course, the whole connotation about the thing was about oral sex used to sell the jeans. Why do we have to promote oral sex to sell a pair of jeans? And uh, by a popular particular rapper who's who's created this uh, particular clothing line um, on a billboard in a city. So when you've got to walk down the street in the city and see this kind of billboard, we've got to start addressing things head on in the church. Absolutely. And let me say to that, that then becomes a teaching moment. There you go. For that parent. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the world is going to set its own standard. Right. But now if I'm if I, if my child sees this, mm-hmm. now parent, I have to have a biblical and a clearly thought out response mm-hmm. that can counter 
what my child sees. And now, now on another note, this is the activist community part coming in me. There ought to be an outrage that we don't buy them kind of jeans. <laughs> there should be. There should but let's be. keep moving. But they're going to buy them anyway. Yeah, they are. We have another caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, hi. Good afternoon. Good. Good afternoon. Go ahead and state your comment, please. Yes, hi. Yes, I'm calling from Suffolk, and um, I'm 30 years old. I have no children. However, I've served as youth director, now co-youth director at my church. And the thing about it, even if you, um, in the church, I feel like even if you uh, break up the topic and discuss the topic, it's not being discussed at home. Sometimes, and not all, but sometimes as uh, as a worker, you feel like your actions may be in vain. Mm. Um, I say that, you know what, when I was younger, at the age of five or six, before I went to school, I knew, okay, you don't touch me there. There are certain things you don't do. If somebody does it, you, you, you say something. You start off that way. You don't wait till 16, sit them down and have this conversation about things that they probably know more about than you can explain, you know. Because in mm. school, that's what they're talking about now. But I find that the parents aren't talking to the kids at home and aren't starting them off early with the small conversations, and then when they get to 14, 15, 13, 12, um, and they're looking at the church, where sometimes it's, it's difficult because if you're not having that discussion at home, where do you start mm-hmm. as well, a we, worker? We want to encourage you, first of all, and, and thank you for sharing uh, your story uh, because, yes, what you're dealing with is a situation where one of the previous callers mentioned if parents weren't taught Mm -hmm. they can't necessarily teach what they don't know Mm -hmm. so in all likelihood you're right that there's not going to be a lot of dialogue at home Mm -hmm. because they just maybe not don't know what to say maybe they don't know how to articulate it but it is our responsibility to spark a healthy dialogue yeah yeah yeah. to maybe do something to open the door for conversation to take place to put a thought because again, all we're doing is planting seeds. Planting, and, that, and what I want to planting say to the seeds. caller is, let me let's encourage you. You know, my wife and I—we've done youth ministry for over ten, twelve years before we came into the senior pastorate. Let me just help you, caller, and understand that the scripture is very clear: train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart. What I want you to understand is your responsibility is just to drop the seed because a lot of times maybe the parents themselves, as as Pastor Swan mentioned, they do not know. And so you've got to create a dialogue between the parent and the child and almost as if you are raising the parent and the child together at the same time in these particular areas. Stay on the battlefield. We need you youth leaders and youth pastors to keep bringing it and bring it strong in a creative way and utilize the culture to bring it strong in a creative way. And so uh, right now in my church, Pastor Swan, I've got plenty of parents who have gotten turned on and gotten on fire with God again, all because the child got turned on and got fired. Absolutely. Got, got on fire for Abs- God. Absolutely. So and and let, let me say this. Let me say this. We're almost out of time, and this show is, is going by quickly, and yeah. we're looking forward to uh, the changes that are going to take place, but we can't announce that just yet. But but let me say this. You know, we for the past 50 minutes or so, we've been talking about the kids, but let's be honest here, mm-hmm. okay? Um, some of the more, more mature saints are back in the sex game now. Wait a minute. D- d- are you going to put that in here right now? I'm ready to talk about look, that. Look, look. <laughs> CL, it ain't TLC anymore. No, it, no, no. It's, it's CLV. <laughs> <laughs> Cialis, Levitra, and Viagra. The, 50 to 70 is off the chain the, right the now. Put, put folks back in the game. Yes, so, sir. So, so maybe the folks who couldn't do it, uh-huh. now they're telling the kids, don't do it. But, but now, I'm going to do now, it. But now I got something. I'm going to give me some LaVisha. I can put me back in the game. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We can, 50 to 70 not, is off the chain. It's not 
just the kids. 50 is the new 30 right now. Man, let me say this. We're going through a <laughs> consecration period. I got to say this. We're going through a consecration period uh, at our church, and we're abstaining from different things during right. the week. And I had a member come up to me and say, Pastor, you left one thing off the list. And I said, what? And and they said, you left sex off the list. Uh-huh. And, and this was... <laughs> uh, a more seasoned sink. A more seasoned sink. Yes, sir. So uh, <laughs> you, 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 you figure that out. So, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, you can't say it's just the kids. No, it's not just the it's, young people. Well, the question becomes... Everybody. Where, where did the young people get it? You oh, know, they see it. <laughs> they, they see it. That's why it's not being talked about. We do have another caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, Go- I am. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, Good morning, sir. And I appreciate both of you uh, just getting into a conversation and getting into something that would stimulate our growth, stimulate our minds to think about things other than what the world thinks about. I think the point of the matter for me is that we have forgotten as a church to keep our minds focused on Christ. Mm. And if we kept our minds focused on Christ, then these things that seem to be so taboo would not be taboo because Christ speaks about those things. Paul speaks about those things when he tells a man how to love his wife and how we to show those things. I think you spoke about it earlier about the disparity, you know, disparity and how much uh, the black family is, is just not there anymore. So the kids don't see that particular type of thing. But this thing that we talk about, which is sex, is such a broad issue, issue which I think you have brought up, that uh, it goes so far into just even how we dress and how we show ourselves and how we uh, you know, present ourselves to other people about how we think about ourselves. And I mean, it's such a, a, a broad issue. But I do thank you two gentlemen for bringing it up because I do believe that it will spark such a, 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 not a debate, but a conversation for families, which is the church, to start talking about those things with their children at an early age, you know, not just waiting like we say, you know, until what we want to call an age or accountability or, or whatever may happen. And I, and I do believe that the pastors do have the right to speak about those things, whether it be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, because it is still the proclamation of the gospel. This is still the good news that, you know, that marriage is a wonderful thing and sex within marriage is a wonderful thing. And let me show you why it's a wonderful thing, you know? And uh, that's what I had to say. Thank you so much for the time. I need him as a, I need him as the chairman of my deacon board. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. But, but let me say, because we're almost out of time, and yes, we sir. will pick this conversation up next week. Yeah. What we have lost, I believe, mm. is that we have a generation of young people that are going after sex and not intimacy. There you go. Intimacy... Mm. And sex are two different things. Totally different. And we have now been taught to believe that sex and intimacy are the same. Right. When they are not. They are not. The last verse of Genesis 2, after God made everything Mm -hmm. the way he wanted it to, and marriage was there before sin came in, 225 says, and the man and wife were both naked and not Not ashamed. ashamed. That's intimacy. There you go. Because that says, I can be completely bare I can be completely exposed. Yes. You can see all of me physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Yes. And not be ashamed of who I am. And so, but let's put the other two in there, socially, socially exactly. and economically too. But what we have done is believe that the act itself is going to make me not as- or feel all of these things when in fact the act in some ways makes people feel more ashamed. Well, if you take the word intimacy and break it down, it's in to me see. That's right. So you see inside of the person, the total being, it's it's really the, the spiritual connection, which we really didn't even get a chance to get into today, Pastor Swan, and really kind of defining what the whole expression of, of, of sex is in terms of the realm of the spirit. It is clearly, clearly important and critically important for us to understand the vulnerability that is 
required for intimacy and how sex and intimacy are not the same. It's really about being exposed to a place of intimacy and vulnerability, and that requires maturity, which is one of the reasons why we need to encourage younger people to wait until they get in the covenant and older people to maintain their covenants because of that vulnerability and expression. Well, to well here's the thing. If, if there are pastors and youth leaders that are struggling with talking about sex, yeah. then widen the topic. Yes. Talk about intimacy. There you go. Um, talk about what intimacy looks like, mm-hmm. what, what being in relationship with someone should look like, mm-hmm. and, and, and then say that sex really is the icing on the cake. This is what I said in the Sex in the City series. Sex is icing on the cake. Now, nobody eats icing alone. Right. You get sick. Right. And anybody that's been in a relationship that's purely sexual, you understand over time, it gets... It gets it doesn't last. Like icing ain't even good without the icing. Icing makes you sick. You have to have some substance to it to make the substance and to, the icing go together. I'm ready to give you an offer right now, Doc. Go ahead, take it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who are listening, go beyond the sex conversation. Talk about intimacy. Talk about what it really should look like. Yeah. And I think that's a larger issue that we're struggling with in the African American community because we think. Okay, I can be in an intimate situation mm-hmm. from having sex, or if I'm cohabitating, mm. or whatever. That's not the case. Mm. The the greatest design for intimacy occurs in the covenant of marriage, mm-hmm. and so we need to start having more of those conversations. Wow, we are out of time. Go on, take the last one. Take the last one. Okay, can I take the last? Nope. We got to go. Kevin Anderson says it's time to go. It's one o'clock. And uh, we thank you for, again, listening to another edition of the Pastor's Study. We'll pick this conversation up on next Tuesday. Uh, Again, uh, thank you for all who called in today. If you happen to miss some or a a portion of the broadcast, you can listen to it later on this afternoon. On the website, you can visit kevinswan.org, K-E-V-I-N-S-W-A-N-N.org, backslash media. And under that section, you can hear the broadcast in its entirety for today. On behalf of Pastor Raymond Johnson of Calvary Revival Church Peninsula, this is Pastor Kevin Swan. Until next week, be blessed and be a blessing to someone else. Take care.